Buenos dias. Welcome to the People Power Everything podcast. I am your host, John Dallas, and I believe that there is power in the masses. The goal of this podcast is to talk about that power, how we can help it manifest itself for all of us, and some lessons I've learned along the way. Friends, Romans, and people from anywhere else, really. Countrymen, lend me your ears. Today we start to talk about your response ability is your responsibility. Hope you got that. This week I started thinking, researching, and writing more about our responses. Our responses to stimuli, to people, stress, work, and beyond. I'll probably write about it for a few weeks, so this is just the starting version, which you'll hear more about over the coming weeks on our ability to respond and what that means to me and what I hope it can mean to you. I hope you find it interesting. I'm really finding it interesting doing the research and writing about it and talking about it. And lately I've been inspired to do this by two friends. Two friends immediately come to mind when I think about you know our responses. One's a medical doctor who's lately veered into the mind more than the body. His introspection mirrors many of mine. Many times that I've thought about different things. We had a chat recently over a nice little glass of scotch, which I think he appreciated as much as I did. And I appreciated the conversation more. It was a kindred spirit moment. I felt we had been through a lot of the same things and a lot of what he was saying resonated big time. So our recent chats have been enlightening, which I really appreciate, Martin. So thank you. The other friend is someone I met over social media over, gosh now, what are we, 2023? I guess you could say about 15 years ago, if not a little more. His name is also John Dallas. John R. Dallas Jr., to be precise. As far as we know, we're not related. And the story of how we met and how we kept in touch is for another time. But suffice it to say, it was over social media. And you can make social media good if you translate that into meeting in real life. Maybe someday we'll come across who our common ancestor is, but we haven't yet found him or her. Mr. Dallas, I'll call him Mr. Dallas, wrote a book called We Need to Have a Word, and I'll put the link in the show notes. It's an amazing journey into vocabulary and how we live our lives through it. And the fun thing is the chapter called Response says it was inspired by yours truly. It's truly an honor for me to have had an impact on one such as Mr. John R. Dallas Jr., or as I call him, JDC. He's in Chicago. It's John Dallas, Chicago. I'm JDO because I'm John Dallas, Ottawa, or at least Ottawa area. That chapter in return has inspired me here. And I continue to work, and I quote, toward developing my skills to respond authentically, appropriately, humbly, constructively, creatively, and productively. I've even done Q&R sessions, so question and response, instead of Q&A, the question and answer, because as Mr. Dallas says, not all responses can be answers. 
One of the first things we should think about in our ability to respond is how we think about our responsibility internally. Is it our own responsibility on how we respond? One of my favorite ways to think about it is from a book called The Empowerment Dynamic, or TED. No, not that TED, another TED, developed by David Emerald. It offers a positive alternative to the roles played out in the drama triangle. If you've never heard of the drama triangle, that was uh, formulated by psychologist Stephen Cartman, a Canadian, proud Canadian, and he identified three roles, the victim, the persecutor, and the rescuer. And they can be seen as unproductive or contribute to unhealthy dynamics in relationships and communication. I'm not going to get in too much into the drama triangle. If you want to go research it, I'll find a link and put it into the show notes and you can go have a read. Super interesting. The empowerment dynamic, on the other hand, introduces three empowering roles. So the creator, which is the person taking responsibility for their thoughts, their feelings, their actions. Creators are proactive and they focus on finding solutions rather than dwelling on problems. Then there's the challenger, similar to the prosecutor, but in a positive sense. Challengers provide constructive feedback and they encourage growth, pushing individuals to move beyond their comfort zones. So I have people in my life who I could see as persecutors, not prosecutors as I said, but persecutors, (laughs) and see them as challengers that they want me to be better and they push me outside my comfort zone as much as I try to push myself outside my comfort zone. And then last, there's the coach, who's similar to the rescuer, but in a positive and empowering way. Coaches support others in finding their own solutions and they encourage them to take responsibility for their choices. A coach can tell a basketball player what to do on the court, but they're not going to do it for them. They can't. And they're not going to take responsibility when the player makes a bad decision. They're going to help them to figure out why they made that decision and how to do better next time. So the empowerment dynamic encourages a shift from the drama of the victim, persecutor, and rescuer roles to the more constructive and empowering dynamics of their creator, challenger, and coach roles. And that's why it's called the empowerment dynamic. It promotes a mindset of taking ownership, fostering growth, and supporting others in their personal and professional development. And that mindset shift is really important, especially at work where sometimes we can feel like we're being coached to be better and we just can't get there. But if we shift our vocabulary just a bit, like I don't know how to do this and add the word yet. I don't know how to do this yet. I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna make sure I get coaching. I'm going to ask my leader for more training. I'm going to do more training. I'm going to take responsibility for my growth because I can do it and I will do it. That's the kind of, you know, self-talk. If you want to do that in the mirror, go for it. Um, Or if you want to just replay that little clip of me, go for that too. Why not? In both work and home situations, it's also really important to make sure that you understand what somebody is asking for before you respond. So this is the second piece is we can shift our mindset on how we react to things, but then we do need to be a little bit proactive, if not a lot proactive on figuring out what the other person wants. So one problem that comes up a lot is assuming that everybody sees the things the same way, which can lead to confusion, can also lead to missed deadlines or even arguments. For example, 
at work. Your boss says they need something done quickly. I need this quickly. I need this report quickly. It might mean something very different to them than it does to you. Like they want it in five minutes. Maybe they meant next week, which is relatively quickly for them. Who knows? I don't know. And if you know, great. But why not just ask? What What's quickly? What do you mean? When do you need this? How much of a report do you need? Do you need like back of napkin calculations that I can do in bullet points in an email? Or do you want a full 50-page presentation that goes over everything in detail in the background? Those are two really, really different requests. And if you don't clarify, then you don't know and you might spend time doing something that you didn't need to do. So a lack of basic clarity can lead to misunderstandings and disagreements if you do doesn't match what the person actually needs. And the antidote's fairly easy. Clarify, clarify, clarify. Checking for clarity helps avoid problems, period. When you ask questions to make sure everyone's on the same page, it makes things more teamwork friendly and gets better results. You don't look like you don't understand. It's I need to make sure that we have clarity. It's not because you're stupid at all. Nobody's stupid in my book, by the way. That's a story for another time. But it's just you want to know that you understand the same thing as the other person. And asking a simple second time, let me just be sure I understood, do some active listening techniques, you know, paraphrase, say something in a different way, and make sure that you've got the same understanding. And if you want the other person to to tell you that they have the same understanding, have them say it back to you in their own words, not repeat, repeat after me. No, that's not what you want. You want them to actually clarify and say, here's what I understood. Are we on the same page and in their own words? So they do have to noodle it a bit. I'll use the word noodle. I've heard that a bit lately. <laughs> so they have to noodle a bit. They have to think about it a bit, change the words, make it their own. And at home, you can also strengthen family ties, reduce confusion. The same thing with kids. Ask them what they understood and you might get back an answer that's not what you were expecting. <laughs> So it also helps to use your time and energy more wisely. So we're not wasting effort on things that don't really contribute to what needs to be done. Again, there's nothing worse than doing something, putting in that superhuman effort and thinking that you're really delivering for the team and then it doesn't get used because you didn't even get what they wanted. You didn't understand what needed to be done. So that's really demotivating. When you do something, what would be worse actually? One thing is worse. The worst thing is, when the boss asks you for something, you get all this clarity that you need and you get exactly what needed to be done, done. And the boss says, oh, after all, I'm not going to use it. Oh my God. I've had that happen to me and it's so frustrating. I would rather the boss simply say, look, the original purpose for which we needed this, not going to happen, but we've learned a lot and I want you to take the time to tell the rest of the team what happened what you learned, what we know, what we don't know, what we can do better. I'd like to derive some value from that work, even if it didn't fit the purpose that we were intending. That's okay. As a leader, we need to be able to do that. As followers, we need to be able to ask for that. What are you going to use this for if it doesn't work? And it's okay to ask those questions. I want to know that my time is valued and that we're going to get something out of this. So in the end, taking the time to understand each other shows you're committed to good communication and making things work better. 
So I hope this is all a good start to understanding our ability to respond in ways that are good for everyone. And we'll talk more about different ways to respond in the coming weeks. But for starters, we need to ask questions. We need to understand. We need to um, figure out how we, I'll say, control our emotions or respond in a way that's appropriate, that's empowered, that's um, more positive for everybody. At the end, we're all human and we have different thoughts, we have different backgrounds, we have different expectations. And that's why we need to talk about these things and start from a mindset that is oriented towards growth and learning and clarity and doing the right thing. And we're people, but after all, people power everything. Thank you very much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I enjoyed making it. And over the coming week, I will be going on vacation, but fret not because next up, I'm going to record next week's episode. So it'll be available on schedule, even though I won't be around the magic of technology. Gotta love it. Anyways, have a great day. Have a great week ahead and uh, help each other out. Ask questions, get some clarity, see how people are feeling. And uh, I hope you feel great today. Love y'all.